Oh, hallelujah. Praise God for the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You love Him tonight. We love You, Lord. We praise You. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We welcome You, Holy Spirit. You just, wherever you are, you are entering the Spirit, just keep on. Just, just, hallelujah. Just don't stop praising Him. Just draw, draw upon Him. Draw upon Him. I know you need Him. We need Him. We need Him. Like they say, like the air we breathe. We need You, Jesus. We need You, Holy Spirit. We need You, Father. Oh, we need You. We need You, Lord. We love You. Oh, hallelujah. We praise You, Lamb of God. We glorify You. Hallelujah. How many can say, I am a testimony to the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. So good to see you tonight. So good to see all of you tonight. I'm glad you're here. That way, since you're here now, the message isn't about you. So you're going to be glad that you are here. And as you know, we've been studying discipleship on Sunday night, on Wednesday night. And Sunday nights we're talking about, been preaching on the church. If you were here this last Sunday night and you need to get the CD or get it by tape, boy, we had a real good time Sunday night. And we're just preaching about the church that Jesus is building. And uh, that's the church we need to be, especially in these last days. And it's just something about coming together and, and, and fellowship and receive the word. And we've been teaching all this. And like I said, we're, uh, we're going to be uh, encouraging the disciples to have a little mini thoughts or uh, meditation on what they've been receiving or what they get out of it. I was just wondering, is anybody here tonight, you have a little something on the last three verses we studied on, on the last three Wednesdays. Anybody wrote anything down? Anybody have a little short meditation on the last three to six Wednesdays we've been on discipleship? Anybody have anything written down? Don't, don't feel under pressure, even though I've told you for a number of weeks now that I was going to be allowing this. And I can see they went over real well and that you are well prepared. Is there anybody who has been prepared? Nobody? Okay, I'll tell you what we'll do. Now, I know some of you are going to say, I'm just too shy to get in front of people. Email me what has touched you over these teachings of Jesus Christ. If you're shy. If you're not shy, have something prepared for next Wednesday. And all you've got to share is three minutes, four minutes. No more than five minutes, and then uh, hopefully it'll be somebody else who will at least get something out of this. If, uh, if you don't have nothing out of this rich teaching we've been having, you gotta get saved. <laughs> of course, it's been it's been some people's been calling fire and brimstone. So maybe what it is, nobody wants to get up here and say, uh, "Well, I cooked my goose that night." But anyway, the word of God is precious, and so. So nobody raised their hands tonight. I guess it's me. And we'll go to Matthew chapter 5, and I'll give you another verse, and then we'll call you up next week. Matthew chapter 5. In verse 4, I'm just going to give you this. When it said, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Jesus took that out of the text of Isaiah 61, verse 2. So write that down for your notes. 
that Jesus took that out of the text of Isaiah 61, verse 2. And uh, you can go back and study that. And then verse, uh, uh, that was uh, verse 4, I'm sorry, verse 4. And then verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. We studied that last week, and he took that out of Psalms 37, verse 11. Psalms 37, verse 11. And tonight, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And, of course, we know the word blessed means blessed, fortunate, and happy, and spiritually prosperous. Say, I'm spiritually prosperous. Uh, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, uprightness and right standing with God, for they shall be, I love the Amplified Bible, completely satisfied. Say that with me, completely satisfied. Completely satisfied. You know, the world, you know, the world does not satisfy. But as we get to study this study, it says, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. And there's something I want to say right off the bat. Too many Christians are in to treat the church and the word like snack food. Give me a little Debbie's cake. Give me a snack pack pudding. Give me something fast, something sweet, something that just feels good in my mouth. But you ain't going to work and you ain't going to run on a snack. I look at my brother Chris, you could tell, and I know this is a man that works bone and muscle. And you could tell this man works outside. I tell my brother here, you can tell he works outside. And, and I don't know. Uh, brother Tom works out. You can tell. You can tell who works outside, and I work outside. <laughs> you can tell, brother Rick. You can tell. There's a few that work outside, and when you work outside and you work hard, my brother worked fifty something hours. He told me last week, you can't make it on no snack pack. Brother Marvin giving me rice and gravy and giving me some meat, potatoes. But the church today give me twenty minutes of worship. 20 minutes of the word, 10 minutes of altar call, and let's go to the restaurant. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Blessed are they that say, listen, I can't make it on no snack. I got to have a meal. I got to have scriptures. I got to have something that fills my soul, that fills my heart. I don't, I don't want no snack time. I want some quality time with God. I want to be completely satisfied. Snacks don't completely satisfy. So we're going to study some things. But he took Matthew chapter 5 verse 6. Came out of Isaiah 55. Look with me in Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 verse 1. And I'm going to read this in the Amplified Bible. Because I like the way it says it. Isaiah 55 verse 1. You know, we don't want to be, they have that commercial, fast food commercial, where that lady's driving her car to go home and all them fast food restaurant big dummies come off the roofs and start chasing her home and get all upset because, you know, she's cooking a fast homemade meal and she passed all the fast food restaurants up. Well, how many of you know the world's getting in such a predicament and we're getting into such a place where either we're going to be going to fast food because that's all we want or we're going to be willing to stand in line 
and go to one service, two services, three services, whatever it takes, because we're hungry for the Word of God. And, and, and what we do at our homes, what we do in our private time with God, how serious we are about getting with God to be disciples, to study the Word of God. I mean, if we're one of those where somebody says, Daddy, where's the Bible? Well, baby, I don't know. I don't know where I left it. I, I left it last. Where, 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 where did I leave it after last Sunday? Then you're a snack pack man. If you can say, baby's on my nightstand, baby's by the, the chair in the living room. If you know where your Bible is, you're taking notes, you got a notebook, you're hungry for God, you got worship on, you got praise going, you got the word going, then you're not going to be found empty, wanting, and lacking, but you're going to be found completely satisfied. And in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1, the Amplified Bible, the Bible, King James says, ho, everyone that thirsteth. But I love how they interpret ho. It means wait and listen. Wait and listen, everyone who is thirsty. Say that with me. Wait and listen. Wait and listen. I started thinking about that. Wait and listen. Wait and listen. You know, Wednesdays I stay home and fast and pray. And, you know, uh, my wife usually brings pizza home. So that means about 4 o'clock it's time to eat. The boys get home at 4 and pizza's ready. But she got home today and this is one of the times she decides she's going to cook. And and, uh, she started cooking shrimp. And uh, sausage jambalaya. And pooyah. You know, how many of you, you know when you're hungry? And when you smell it, you get even hungrier. And the kids start coming around. Mama, Mama, when we're going to eat? Just wait, baby. But Mama, I'm hungry. I know you're hungry. Just wait. Sandy, I can't take it no more. When we're going to eat? It's not ready yet. Just what? Wait. Wait and listen, you who are thirsty, because I am preparing something. The Holy Spirit is preparing something that's going to shoot you from the top of your head down to the soles of your feet and fill you overflowing with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. If you're having to wait, it'll be worth the wait. Just keep on waiting because He's cooking up something that you can't get on a fast food basis. It's something that's going to fill you, free you, cleanse you, touch you, heal you, and manifest the power and the glory of God. He says, wait and listen. You who are thirsty. If you're in a hurry, go to religious church. If you're hungry and thirsty for me, come to me, says the Lord. And you'll be completely satisfied. Amen, church. Man, I looked this up. I said, wait a minute. Wait and listen, everyone who is thirsty. Come to the waters. Waters. And he who has no money, come by and eat. Come, yes, with priceless spiritual wine and milk without money and without price. Simply, simply for the self-surrendered. For the self-surrendered that accepts the blessing. But do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your earnings for that what does not satisfy? Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Because everything else, and I'm going to use this example Sunday morning with my message. The woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, it says she spent all she had. In other words, she kept throwing her money for things that never satisfied. She kept throwing her money towards things that never completed her. And we could spend our time, we could spend our energy, we could spend our money. We could do all that we want to do trying to find some satisfaction. But, but it's got to be selflessness. 
and the presence of God saying, I know the only thing that's going to satisfy, there's nothing on this earth I can buy to fill the void in my life. It's only Jesus. It's only Jesus. For what does not satisfy, hearken diligently. Diligently, we're going to find this word later on in Hebrews. It talks about hunger. Hearken diligently to me. Eat what is good. Eat what is good. Get off of the snack pack and get on the steak, meat, and potatoes. And let your soul delight itself woo, in the fatness and the profuseness of spiritual joy. There's so many things. It just doesn't satisfy. And that's the thing God wants us to get to the area. Like even with, I don't know about you. But for example, I like the flan, the custard dessert at the Mexican restaurants. You go order a flan and they give you a little flan with some cream whip on top. And all that does is make me want to order another one. And order another one. And boy, a nice steak. And you put a piece and you eat your steak. And you go, baby, is there another steak? And I mean, you just get, it tastes so good. There's some things that taste so good. It doesn't matter if you're full, you still want more. You ever got yourself sick? You got to go for a walk after Thanksgiving, huh? Because you just want more and more. Well, that's the way, that's the spiritual food of God. You get in the Word of God. See, some people never have experienced this. They got one Bible with no helps in it. They don't have no Thompson chain. They ain't got no Spirit-filled life Bible. They ain't got no keyword Bible. They just got a Bible. They don't have no helps. And they ain't worried about no help. They just want to read the Scripture. I read my seven chapters for the day. Now I'm through. But when you get a hold of something, oh, let me look up another reference here. Let me look up another reference here. Let me invest in a Vine's Concordance. Let me invest in a Strong's Concordance. Oh, this is too good. This is too good. How many of you know my wife loves to cook? And she's got pots and pans and plates and forks and spoons. But you know when you go in somebody's house who they don't like to cook. They got the number of Pizza Hut, Domino's. uh, (laughs) They got all the numbers on the icebox. They ain't got nothing in the icebox. They got the numbers to where the food is on the icebox. And you go to their house and you say, look, we're coming over to cook supper uh, uh, Tuesday night. And you go over there and you go, you got a, uh, what's that thing you... Put noodles in, the water goes out the holes. You got a colander? I bought me some noodles and I want to cook some noodles. You got a colander? No, I ain't got no colander. Husband's using it to drain fish outside. Well, you got some thong, uh, tongs. You got some tongs uh, for the barbecue pit? No, we, we ain't got no tongs. Uh, anyway, you got this, you got that. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, I don't know nothing about cook. I don't. I really don't know how to cook. She's the cook. <laughs> anyway, you can, you can go to somebody's house and you can tell when they don't know how to cook. I just do the laundry. No. <laughs> anyway... Look, we're done. This was such a good message. You got some? Huh? I think somebody needs... Oh, you... Rescue me! Well, come on! 
Hey, she's going to rescue me. Hallelujah. Come on, Sister Linda. I'll get my composure. Go ahead, girl. why 12 baskets were remaining. Because to show that when he gives you to eat, it's always an overflow. But you know another thing? That's such a good point. You know another thing? You know when people say, you should have been at church Sunday night, you should have been at church Wednesday night? You know, he fed the 5,000 plus women and children. Do you know what those people who might have left early felt later on when they found out the miracle that happened and they left before the miracle happened? But when you're hungry, you're always going to be around when the miracle happens because your hunger is not going to let you go somewhere else where it's not. So I want to be where the miracle's happening. Amen? So we see we've got to be selfless. And I appreciate you. That was good, Sister Linda. And the natural man shuts himself off from God. Sin can make you feel full. Sin can make you feel full. But only for a season because the Bible says sin has pleasure for a season. But how many of you know, then you fill up in, feeling empty. Amen? But we've got to understand that, like I shared with you, we've got to be so hungry that a little snack won't do. But it's, it doesn't only say when you're hungry to eat. But I know it said listen. How many of you know that many, well, you can tell a healthy person by his appetite. You can tell a happy marriage by the depth of their communication. In the depth of the communication, how well a listener and how well a speaker. My wife does not want a base, basic conversation. Well, sure is a good day today. Yep, sure was. I wonder what mom was doing. I don't know, babe. What? Glad you had a good day. Talk to you later. That's never our type of conversations. 
lengthy, deep, meaty conversation. Why? Because there's a relationship. There's intimacy there. Don't want no snack pack. And don't want no just talk about the weather type conversation. I want, I want something. I want you to give me something. I want to connect to your heart. I want to hear what you're feeling. I want to connect with your heart, see what you're desiring. I want to connect with your heart and share with you what I feel. That's what the hunger and thirst does. It draws you to God. Because the word hunger, write this down. The word hunger is the English word for starvation. The word hungry, blessed are they that hunger, is the word for starvation. How many know that brings us to a whole new level? Starvation. The word hunger there, starvation. The word thirsty is to be parched. And it's a word used for a man, a human or an animal that has gone days without water. And their lips are swollen, cracked and bleeding. And they are just crying out and they're doing everything they can. Like going through the desert. When they finally see water, they run to that water with everything they got because their body's dying. It's dehydrating. It's the, it's the word for total dehydration that if I don't get something to drink soon, I'm going to die. How many are you feeling that thirsty for the things of God? We're not where we need to be. We, we are not starving. Like the word says, to be blessed, to be starved, and we are not thirsty. Because there's so many things in our life that takes our time. That we're not sure, truly showing God how hungry and thirsty we are. But that's going to change. Amen? Just write down Psalms 42, 1 through 2. It talks about as the deer panteth for water. That's that word, thirsty. Just, he's just dying for thirst. You can go read there in verses 1 through 2 and then write 7, 8, and 11. Go read verses 7, 8, and 11. And, um, and, and you can read about that and uh, you, uh, that'll give you some more detail. I read a story about a missionary in Africa. It says that while this brother, Stephen Ox, Oxford, was traveling with his family in Africa between the rainy and dry seasons, his father was pioneering new tribe and they had traveled uh, in unfamiliar territory for several days when they ran out of water. They set up camp and sent the carriers out to see if they could find water. Three days went by without any success. By this time, all supplies were gone, so everyone began chewing leaves, roots, and branches to get little moisture. Lips began to swell. Tongues began cleaving to the roof of their mouths, and voices were hoarse. The eyes of Dr. Oxford's younger brother began to bulge, and he became hysterical. His mother could hardly sit up. Though they had prayed, the situation was desperate and seemingly all hope was gone. Death stared them in the face. Gathering his little family together, Dr. Oxford knelt and prayed these words. Oh God, thank you for having brought me to Africa as a missionary and for the privilege of serving you nearly 30 years in the jungles. Thank you for the churches that have emerged, for the hospitals that have been built. And if this is the hour of our final sacrifice... I want you to know we are ready to be laid upon the altar of your acceptance. Take us to glory. But Lord, if you further, if you have further service left for us here on earth, I, your servant, in the name of your strong son, the Lord Jesus Christ, command you to send rain from heaven. The words were hardly spoken when clouds seemed to gather from nowhere. Lightning flashed, thunder roared, and in a matter of moments, there was such a downpour that they were able to fill every container and have sufficient water for everyone to drink. When you see you're about ready, it seems like you're going to lose it. 
You're so thirsty. I've got to get in the Word. I've got to get in prayer. Honey, what you doing? Baby, I'm going to go just shut myself in the closet. I'm going to go in the room for a little while because there's just something. I can't watch TV with the family, right? I can't play this game right now. I, 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 I don't want to eat. If you don't mind, y'all go ahead and eat. I've got something else to do. When we get to that point to where I can't get into the familiar, I've got to get along with God because I've got to wait and listen to Him. And I can't get distracted with other things right now because my Father's calling me into His presence. That's hunger and thirst for God. Listen to this. J.N. Dorby, a founding father from the Plymouth Brethren, said, To be hungry is not enough. I must be really starving to know what it is in his heart towards me. Listen to this, man. One of our founding fathers. Listen to how they used to talk. When the prodigal son was hungry, this is so good, when he was hungry, he went to feed upon the husk. But when he was starving, he went to see his father. When he was hungry, he went to feed upon the husk. But when he was starving, he went to see his father. So many evangelicals today are living on husk, spiritual junk food. It is time to turn now to our Heavenly Father with an intensity of desire in our own souls. Let me ask you something. People say, Pastor, I just don't feel like I used to. It must be you. You're not feeding me. The church don't seem to be the same. I don't seem to be the same. What's going on? What's wrong with the church? People say that. What's wrong with the church? Let me ask you something. Does hunger and thirst ever leave you? Does hunger and thirst ever leave you? No, it doesn't. You can eat all you want to today. How many is going to be hungry tomorrow? How many is going to be thirsty tomorrow? If you are a healthy believer... You will be hungry and thirsty every day for more of Christ. And if you say, I'm not being fed, well, maybe it's because you ain't thirsty and you ain't hungry. Jesus said in the book of Luke, those who are full, they shall hunger. And he's talking about Christians saying, you get full of tradition, you get full of religion, you're going to get hungry, but you're going to get hungry for the wrong thing. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Amen. Hunger is evidence of spiritual health, a request and a desire that is deep and just continues to grow within us. So I ask you, do you hunger and thirst after God? Did I meet with my Heavenly Father this morning? When I met with Him, did I just meet with Him? Or did I drink deep? Come on, church. Did I just meet with him or did I take a deep drink? Did I drink like I was thirsty or did I take a sip like from a fountain? Did I eat like I was hungry to where I don't even want to chew? I'm so hungry. I just want to just swallow it. Or did I take my time and make sure I was using my utensils just right and I was just doing my little scriptures? Did I really drink deep? And am I desperate for God for revival and blessings? Like I said, some people say, you know, there just must be something wrong with the church. A sign of a sick person is he loses his appetite. A sign of a sick Christian is he loses his desire to pray, fast, read, go to church, and get with believers. I hear this foolishness, and I'll tell it to them in their face, and I love it. They hear it by tape or computer. These people who say, I just need to be along with God. 
well, you're, you're messing up with the Scripture there because the Scripture tells a number of places you're not supposed to do that. But this about, I'm just satisfied being hungry with God. Everyone I know who has that type of mentality, they're cursed. They're not blessed. They have to put their houses for sale and everything else for sale. Why? They're cursed. They're not blessed. Why? Because they're not hungry for the things of God. They're hungry for them and to be recognized and for them to be heard and them to be seen. But they're not hungry to get with believers and receive the Word of God and do it God's way. You hear me, church? This is discipleship, so I can just be real tonight. I can throw it out there. Amen? Stop praying. They stop obeying. They stop serving. How can you obey the whole Word of God if you're not a part of a body where God can see your fruit among fellow believers? Who are you going to serve if you have a church house? Uh, Your house is a church and it's just you and your wife. Who are you going to serve? You ain't serving her. He ain't serving you. You ain't serving the person in the church you don't like. The person on the other side. You know the other side where you don't want to sit no more. Church is alive but dead. Revelations 2.7 says, To him who overcomes will I give eat from the tree of life. But what got my attention, which is in the midst of the kingdom of heaven. It's a special place. It's a special place. Listen, even in heaven... Even in heaven, there's a lot of trees, but there's one tree in the very middle of the garden that not everybody can eat from. It's just those who overcome. When we get along with God every morning, there's something special the Father wants to give you personally. He has labored while you slept. Holy Spirit has labored while you slept to give you the breakfast you need, the breakfast of champions. He has labored all night preparing the breakfast of champions for your breakthrough. And when you get up, all I want is a cup of coffee. Thank you. But, but I, I made your favorite. You see these movies, these kids. I made your favorite. I made French toast. I made eggs. I made bacon. I made eggs. I, I, I got all this prepared for you. All I need is a cup of coffee. Thank you. Elf went through making all that spaghetti and syrup for breakfast. And all he wanted was a cup of coffee. That's all I want. Thank you. And the Holy Spirit says... I wanted to sit down and eat with you. All I want is a cup of coffee. Thank you. And by 10 o'clock, we wonder why we're falling to the temptation that we fell into yesterday. Okay, I don't need to meddle anymore with that. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. That word righteousness there is where we get our word, English word. You need to write this down. It's where we get our English word. Abstraction. To abstract a tooth. If the tooth is bad, if the tooth is decayed, you go to the dentist and the dentist says, the only way I can take away the pain is to cause you a present pain and get to the root of the problem, but then you won't have that problem anymore. And that word abstraction, I had four wisdom teeth. I waited till I was in my 30s to get them pulled. And they were all four embedded. And they had to be surgically removed. And when I came to, the dentist said it was the worst he ever saw in DeRitter. My lip had been split by pulling. My lip was stitched as well as the upper bottom part here. Because they had to break the wisdom teeth in three pieces and pull them out piece by piece. And it ripped my lip. And anyway, I was, I was a mess, I'm baby. 
But you see, they had to pull them out because the teeth were growing sideways and it was affecting my other teeth. If I don't hunger and thirst for righteousness, what I don't see that is below the gums continues to cause problems. And it will continue to cause problems to where I won't only end up having to lose my wisdom teeth. If He said if I'd have kept on, I would have ended up having to lose the next two teeth next to my wisdom teeth. And when we don't hunt, when I saw that word abstraction, I said, boy, I could preach on that. Because if we don't go, if we don't hunger and thirst for God and we wait and listen to God, then, then the things that we can't see below the service, he can't deal with to pull out. And when they pulled out my teeth, my four wisdom teeth, they, they ruined some, uh, some nerves. Because when they pull out the teeth, how many know that they, they, want, when they do an abstraction? The roots are coming out too, babe. Well, when we spend time with God, there's some roots that are coming out too. Because we want them out. I don't want anything that's going to decay me. Anything that's going to cause me problems in the future. If it's not supposed to be there, get it out. And that's that word righteousness. Anything that is not of God, pull it out. Anything in my heart that's not of God, pull it out. Don't pull me out of the situation. Pull the situation out of me. Whatever it takes to make me more Christ-like, then Lord, have your way. I'm not asking you to pull me out of this. Pull it out of me. Mm. Righteousness. Separation is the word. Separation from anything and everything that is displeasing to God. Anything and everything that is displeasing to God. God doesn't condone the Christian and condemn the sinner. Sin is sin. And what doesn't belong, he wants to deal with it. Let me give you a few things here. Just write this down. First John 3, 4 talks about the sin of lawlessness. Talks about the sin of lawlessness. We hunger and thirst after righteousness. And one of the things that has to be abstracted is the sin of lawlessness. You know what the sin of lawlessness is? I don't, pay by the, I don't play by the rules. Lawlessness is I do not play by the rules. The Word of God says, do not marry an unbeliever. Lawlessness says, you can't tell me who I can or cannot marry. The Word of God says, don't do this. The sin of lawlessness, you don't tell me what to do. I live by my own rules. And that's how this world is today. It's not about the cross. It's not about the blood. It's not about what the Word says. The spirit of lawlessness is, I play by my own rules. When you were a kid, you ever played with a spoiled brat down the road that had the ball in the back? And when I, I did, they had the ball in the back. So guess what? They made the rules. It's not three strikes. It's six. You're cheating. It's my bad. It's my ball. It's my rules. Well, God holds his word and says, son, daughter, it's not about your rules. It's about my rules. Blessed is he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness. But there's going to be some things abstracted. How hungry are we? The lady who had the demon-possessed child went to Jesus. Would you deliver him? No, that bread is for the uh, children. She says, well, just give me the crumbs. And I've shared with you before, I was raised in deep poverty. And I remember, and I told Cindy the story before. I might have told you all, uh, when I was a kid, we went to somebody's house, and they had a nice brick home and everything. And she had made a coconut cream pie. You know, I love coconut cream pie. And somebody said, why do you like coconut cream pie so bad? Well, I never had it until we went to these people's house. And when we went to their house and had it, part of, it was so good. Part of mine 
fell on the floor. And the other kids were sitting around. But it was so good, who cares? I ate it off the floor. And I mean, that floor was cleaner where my fork went than where the mop had gone earlier. And they didn't offer us another piece, but oh, I was wanting another piece. So it tasted so good. I want some more. And even though if I had to lick it off the floor, I'm I'm not going to waste my piece. That's how I want to be about the Word of God. You got to get on the floor to get it. Then then move out of my way. I'm getting on the floor. You got to fast and pray to get it. You got to do whatever to get it. Uh I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. That's why you're here there tonight. You got a special? <laughs> Lawlessness. How close can I get around? Charles Spurgeon said this. That is not a promise to claim, but a command to obey. That's the word. It's a command to obey, not a promise to claim. If you are not living in the fullness of an ungrieved, unquenched Holy Spirit, you're living in sin. And such a sin is no disobedient act. Next thing, according to James 4, 17, is a disobedient act. It's when you know to do good and you do it not, to you it's sin. You know better and you do it anyway. It's a disobedient act. Sin of omission. Failure to do what God says and what pleases Him. That's not hunger and thirst after righteousness. Let me skip over and get to over here. I mean, he wants us in his image. Romans 8.29 8.29 says, For when he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So how many know we're supposed to be after the image of God? Now let me give you this word right quick for Matthew uh, 5.6. It says, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Say filled. filled. Say filled. filled. That word filled is the word of an animal who is being fattened for the slaughter for the king. I just don't want him full now. I want him to be full and stay full. There's a continue feeding this animal until it's the time of the slaughter. It means to be fed to the saturation point. Fed to the saturation point. But it's a word that's a word for continually. It's not just to be read to saturation once, but it's to be continuous saturated. I told you a while back, I remember when our babies used to be fed. And, and, and uh, they don't know when to tell you stop. And they just keep taking it, taking it. And the milk starts running down their, their little chins, you know, because they just... Or they start throwing up, you know, right when you're ready for church or something. I mean, they just bless you because why? They're saturated. Thank, thank God mom, mom's got milk. Thank God for whatever, you know, because they're just saturated. Well, that's what God wants us to be Filled with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Ephesians 3.19 says, To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled. Say filled. With all the fullness of God. My. To be filled with all the fullness of God. But that comes by being hungry and thirsty after Him. His presence. I mean, you know, when it talks about being full of God, it talks about His presence filling us. His presence filling our thoughts. How do I get more of God? How often does He come to your mind? His presence filling our thoughts. It goes on to say, you can read in Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, the fullness of Christ, the fullness of Christ, being saturated. I, I wanted, my, my sons didn't have a balloon, but I wanted to bring a balloon. I forgot to ask Shane if he had one. But that word saturated and filled, that means, it means like a balloon where you just, how many of you know, if you just blow that balloon and hold it, it just stays full. 
But if you tie it after a while, it starts to lose a little bit of air. But that, that word, thus are they hunger and thirst, means that whenever my balloon's just going down, God starts blowing it up. And it's amazing. Every time he blows more into me, the more I stretch, the more I can receive. Filled with the fullness. Filled with the fullness. Filled with the fullness. We had some Chinese friends down in Argentina. They had a restaurant. And they told us that their favorite delicacy was the black dog. And they'd love to get this black dog and tie it up and just let it starve for days and days and days. And finally, when it came time, they would give, put a bowl of hot, hot rice in front of that dog. And that dog was so hungry, he, he didn't care whether it was hot. He would just swallow it. And what would happen was that rice would be so hot that when it would get into the dog's stomach, that it would cook inside it. It would cook the stomach. Then that way, when they killed the dog, they had a stomach with hot rice already ready for him. I'll preach it again when we start our fast. Maybe this will help you with your fast. (laughs) But how many of you know that starvation will cause you to stay up a little later, get up a little earlier, share a little bit more, go to church three times a week instead of one time a week, go to church two times a week instead of one time a week, go to church prayer time once in a while. I mean, read your Bible every day. It'll cause you just to start. I want to be fully saturated with all the fullness of Him. Ephesians 5.18 says, Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And listen, people say, How do you know when you're filled? Let me ask you this. How do you know when you're drunk? Anybody, you ever drunk? No, don't raise your hand. Everybody shake their hand. I mean, no, you can tell a drunk. Well, you can tell a Christian drunk, too. Because they go around, let me tell you what Jesus told me. Let me tell you what the Lord's been telling me. You can tell a Christian drunk, and you can tell a Christian fed. You can find a corn-fed Christian. You know a corn-fed Christian. Because they're going to talk the Word. They're going to talk love. They're going to live the walk. And a drunk knows when he's drunk. Sometimes, until he gets too drunk. But you know when you've been eating the right stuff and drinking the right stuff from the Holy Ghost. You know it. Because something happens that used to tick you off and now you're saying, I love you in the love of the Lord. You start responding different. You know by your lifestyle and by how you act when, you're, when you've been drinking and you've been eating the right stuff. Amen? So you just ask God to fill you, and you can read Acts 5.32, uh, Luke 11.13, Ephesians 6.18. All these talks about God's freely to drink and give you all that there is. And, and I'm going to finish in, in, in Psalms chapter 65. I need my other Bible. Psalms chapter 65. Thank God, Sister Linda saved me. (laughs) Psalms chapter 65, verse 9. This is the living Bible. You take care of the earth and water it. But you know what you do? Underline that word earth and put me. You take care of me and water me. How many know that we've had so much rain that uh, I've had places in my yard that still has water. And I still have water in my yard, and they're announcing more rain. 
And how I many know we've just been getting so much rain? They're even talking how the ground is saturated. Well, that's how our lives are supposed to be. That's what it says here. That you take care of me and you water me, making me rich and fertile. The river of God has plenty of water. It provides a harvest, a bountiful harvest of grain, and you have ordered it so. You drench the plowed ground with rain, melting the clods, melting the clods, and leveling the ridges. You softened me with showers and blessed me as your abundant crop. Changed a little bit just to show you when it talks about the rain, that even the clods of things that used to be hard in our life, you say, I'll never change. I'll never believe that. I'll never do that. But if you keep thirsty and you keep receiving the Word of God, God will keep sending showers and He never runs out of waters on you. And even those hard clods of the fallow ground that you've broken up through prayer. Prayer breaks the ground. You pray breaking that ground. He's going to send the water that will even soften the rough edges and those clods that are just on the side. And He'll cause them all of a sudden to just melt and not be seen anymore. How do I change? Just keep being watered and fed. Just keep being watered and fed in those ridges. How do I overcome this? How do I change? How do I do this? You just being, keep being watered and fed. He'll continue to send His water on you. And, and if you just, just stay faithful and just stay hungry and stay at it, keep, keep waiting, keep listening, your life will start changing and start being transformed. And if it doesn't, then you just start, you keep doing what you know to do and you just keep walking around and you, every day, Lord, I hunger and I thirst after you. I hunger and I thirst after you. Because you see, God is looking for those who are serious. Because for too long, we say we're hungry and thirsty, but only when we remember that we're hungry and thirsty. It's not a thing that's reminding us. We, whenever we remember it, you hear somebody say, Lord, send the rain. Oh yeah, I want some rain too. But you ought to be, it ought to come on the inside of you, Lord. I'm hungry and thirsty. You ought to walk the floor every day. I'm hungry and thirsty for you. Lord, I'm hungry and thirsty for a word from you. I want to, I have to hear from you. I have to receive from you. I, 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 I need you to speak to me. I need you to speak to me. Lord, I need you to speak to me. I'm not asking for an awesome word. I'm not asking for a word of destiny. I'm asking you a word of abstraction, of righteousness. Cleanse me. You know me. Work on me. Melt. Do a work in me. You're the potter. Whatever you have to do with this lump of clay, do it. Whatever you want me, you want to tell me. Whatever you want to do to me, you do it. Whatever I have to go through, I want to go through it. But Lord, I want to be the, your workmanship created in the image of Christ Jesus. I want to be less of me and all of you. I want to be filled with you to overflowing. Lord, I'm hungry for you. And you just keep saying that. David would tease God. And just worship him and give him words of praise. And then God would come down on the scene and speak to David. And David would start talking. And then David would start prophesying. David would start singing. You just start inviting God. And you just start praising God. And you start worshiping God. God will come down in your presence. And you'll be changed just like Saul into another man with a different heart. Amen. Let's stand up. Did you get something out of this? Amen. Well, how many of you know you've got a few scriptures to work on for next Wednesday? Amen. Oh, that's a weak amen. My word. This has been some good word.
Go back, get, get the CDs, go back on the computer. Thank God, Brother Bob, they can get the past messages on the computer. And just, uh, just get on the computer and listen to those past messages. You got something? What you got, sis? afterwards to find out God provided that miracle, but they left early. Uh, the word, the Spirit kind of spoke to me too and thought about that food that was left and said that was their food. Oh, you know, good. too, that he made provision for them. Oh, that's good. There was provision there. He provided their food and some chose not to come and some chose to leave early. And then when you went on to saying that people left here and said they were not being fed, God spoke to me once again and said, I provided. Nobody can ever, ever say they came to this church and you get the word, the word, the word, the word. Provision was made. Manna was there. But the people had to go out and pick it up and eat it or they starved to death. Mm. If you walk on the manna, you're going to starve. You have to pick it up. The manna was here. Thank you. Oh, we have thank fresh manna every oh, time. Hallelujah. Every time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Oh, okay. But this is from, uh, about meekness. But um, on the robe of the priest, um, there are bells and there are pomegranates. And the pomegranate represents a fruit of the Spirit, and the bell represents a gift of the Spirit. And I'm reading a book called Bells and Pomegranates. But um, with the fruit of meekness comes the, the, fruit of, the gift of the Spirit of discernment. And so the more humble we are, discernment is not judgment, but it's accurate from the Lord. And so I thought that was really good. That is good. Amen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's real good. Hallelujah. Does someone else have anything? Brother Lance, just, just about this subject. What Sister Linda was talking about with um, how hungry we get, the Holy Spirit spoke to me that when the disciples, when Jesus fed the disciples, it was in preparation for what they were going to be doing later on, writing the books. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right? What we, when we get hungry... What the Holy Spirit brings us is how hungry we are. He already knows beforehand, and he's going to feed us there in preparation for what we've got to do down the line. Mm. Mm. And you were talking about, uh, Sister was talking about hearing from heaven. There's, There's a lot of talk about a new sound coming from heaven. Yeah. It is not something we hear with our ears, it's what we hear with our hearts. Right and it's being, it's being sounded in this church here because there's a deeper revelation of knowledge in being taught in this church here that you don't find anywhere else. It's the new sound coming out of heaven. We don't hear it with our ears, we hear it with our hearts. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God. Just thank God that you have spiritual ears to hear every day from the Spirit. Amen. Every day. You got something, sis? I'd just like to share with you that uh, I'm Sandy Furman, Cindy Nichols' mother, but we're Baptists, and I guess we've just got these Baptist traditions that we can't get away from, (laughs) but we have been, uh, Donald was with the phone company, and we've been transferred so many times in our married life. I think we counted 16, 17 times, so we have been in many churches. And I have to say that this church, this man, 
has taught more of the Word to me than any church I've ever been in. I challenge anybody to say that he does not preach the Word. Because he preaches the Word. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's straight from a Baptist now. <laughs> Hallelujah. You got a brother, Denny? You know, about a year and a half ago, my wife and I struggled, and she filed a divorce and everything. This message really landed home with me because it took hunger and thirst after God to really bring me out of a pit. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, we were in church. My kids are still doing wonderful. They're still in church. They're still involved in ministry and everything. But it's still something that I had to deal with. And the thing that really helped me was the hunger and thirst mm. for mm. God mm. to put me back to playing on the, on the platform, mm. to put me back singing and doing the things that I've been called to do for many, many years. But it's that hunger and thirst That's good. that we have to have. That is very good. That's very good. Hallelujah. Yeah, We'll just stay all night. You know, in Isaiah 55, where it, where it talked about in verse 2, it said, um, And eat ye that which is good, and let you, your soul delight itself in its fatness. It said, Let your soul delight. Yeah, and a lot of times we mistaken our physical hunger for our soul hunger. And we try to fill ourselves physically mm. with everything that That's we crave. True. We go on spending sprees. We go on eating binges. And we get another piece of dessert like you were talking about. And we're trying to fill a void that can only be filled spiritually. Mm. And in the parallel to that scripture in the New Testament, I like this. And it, it was kind of funny. Uh, can, you, can you read that for me? <laughs> Well, not from right there. Read verse 37. In the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. And what was funny about that scripture, it says it was the last day after they had been feasting. Nobody was thirsty then. And he says it's not a physical thirst I'm talking about. You're so filled you can't even imagine. But if you will take what you've gone through through the feast... And you're saturated, like you were talking about, and wow. full. If feast. you will do that spiritually, then, it, like it says in Isaiah, hmm. then your soul will go into yeah, the delight yeah. and be saturated and, and filled. Amen. Well, that's good. That is good. After the feast. Very good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody else have, have something? This, this is so good. This, Sister Linda, come on. Yeah. You gotta watch this lady, boy. Yeah, I know. Um, when Pastor directed us to Psalm 65, I started to write some of the verse, and then I just uh, opened the Lord just opened me, and so I wrote what I was hearing, but in the way that I was receiving it. So I says, "You visit me and give me water, and I am greatly enriched with the river of God. You have prepared the fields for me." so that I may be fed continuously and into tomorrow. You abundantly water the fields within me until the crop bursts forth. You crown my year 
with your goodness year after year. And I'm fully satisfied, fattened, and made ready to be yours, Mm. to be dropped upon the pastures of the wilderness until a great rejoicing breaks out everywhere you have my feet walk. Wow. Amen. That is beautiful. Uh, Could you email us that to put on the uh, website? And I like to put on the website. I want a copy of that from my message. That's good. That's a good interpretation. That's Linda's extended translation. That is so good. I couldn't word it like that. That is good. Okay. They're really missing out because she's one of my mentor leaders. Oh, if you're not in the mentoring, you're missing out. Ooh, okay. Hallelujah. Listen, did you have fun tonight? Uh, hallelujah. I'm going to start sharing less, and we're going to start hearing from you more. Because, boy, this, this, is, this is good. This is good. Hallelujah. I learned, I learned seven different things from seven, eight different people. Hallelujah. We love you, and we bless you. If you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you afterwards. Uh, Sister Carolyn. Well, yeah. Whenever, I get this on tape. Okay. Whenever Esther was being prepared for oh. the queendom, yeah. she only got the best food. That's she true. only got the best that was there to give to her because it would make her more beautiful, and you know everything about her would be better. The same thing with um, with Daniel mm. and the three Hebrew children. The king wanted to give them the very, very best. Well, they refused it because what they got from God was better than what the king had, and it showed in their faces. That's true. So I think that <laughs> what we're getting here is the very absolute best. Hallelujah. The best that, that he has true. to offer. Oh, he's more. Thank you. That is so good. Yeah. And didn't they soak her for six months in perfume? Oh, God. Yeah. They, 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 they soaked her six months. Boy, she she smelt yeah. Oh, glory to God! That is good. That is good, huh? That's something like when you said that when you just said that they soaked her for six months. For me, being here has his righteousness and hunger for that has pushed me to sit in a soaking position. Oh, so yeah, so just yeah, wow, just hungering. That's what that's wow. what it does sometimes. It causes us to. I'm so hungry for. I just want to sit. I just want to see it. Praise God. Yeah. Just raise your hands as we finish tonight and just tell God how hungry you are, how thirsty you are. Thank you for the word that he's given you. He's speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is your constant teacher. He's constantly every moment with you. Thank you that you're teaching us through the word, through nature, through your voice, through our brothers and sisters, through ministries, whatever means there is, Father. Thank you that you are teaching us. And just tell us, just thank the Lord now for his precious word. Thank you that your brothers and sisters and you are hungry. Thank you for a hungry church. We want this church changed. We want this church to be so hungry. More, more, more hungry. Just more hungry, saturated, filled, and overflowing. We just give you praise for it. Thank you for these precious sheep, Lord. Thank you for these precious sons and daughters of the Most High God. Thank you for the fivefold ministry rising up out of this body. Thank you for this nation and the nations being reached from this body. Thank you that our community is being saturated from this body and other bodies around. We praise you for your outpouring in Jesus' name. I love you. I'm so proud. I see new people coming regularly. I see the ones who have been here a while. I know the Father is just so proud and delighted. He's delighted in you. He's delighted in you. He calls you his chosen. 
Lord bless you. We love you. Don't forget about getting a calendar to see what's going on this weekend. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So many things. And if we don't see you before, we'll see you Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, Sunday school, and 1030 service. We love you and bless you. If you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you. God bless you. Amen.